I'm taking my headphones off, so don't talk to me. <laughs> Are you hosting? Oh, I thought you were hosting. I figured since you were editing, you were hosting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. <clears throat> I Sorry. thought you were since it was like, um, I don't mind. We we're going to have you talk about your like favorite episodes, but no, I will introduce ourselves. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> Welcome to episode 74 of RSVP, the podcast about stationery and so much more. I'm your host, Les, and my co-host today is Dade. We're talking about uh, Dade's favorite episodes, but let's talk about what we're drinking and consuming. Dade, you want to tell me what you're consuming these days? Yeah. Um, so I brewed myself a fresh cup of coffee from City of Saints Coffee Roasters. Um, you would think with a name like that that they're like based out of like New Orleans. But they're actually from New York. Um, so this brew is from – it came in my trade coffee subscription. Um, it's the Denzian blend. Um, it has hints of date, Tootsie Roll, and jasmine. Uh, it's pretty tasty. Um, <clears throat> so nothing too exciting in my world. I mean, I'm, uh, you know, it's what, like day 7,000 of quarantine. Um, I've – I've been playing World of Warcraft a lot because that's where a lot of my friends are online. So I can game and also play and socialize with them. So I've been doing that. Um, and I've been getting ready for grad school. It's just about a month away. I start June 1st and just it's getting real as I get closer. I, I just did my financial aid stuff and I wanted to die a lot because <laughs> – <laughs> The debt is astronomical, but unfortunately, the the degree that I want requires a graduate degree mm -hmm. and the job that I want to have. So uh, we could go on and on about the problematic nature of that, but we won't. <laughs> um, but it's definitely gatekeeping and horrible. Um, Absolutely. So what I've been doing to get ready for grad school is I've been really trying to find a space since my grad school is very unique in the sense that it's an 11-month-a-year program. So you know, a lot of schools have the traditional semester setting where um, for my college, it's, you know, June 1st through August 31st, I take five classes um, and those are classroom type classes. Um, and then I get, you know, placed in the field from September to May and then I have a month off and we do it again for a second year. So our classes are going to be taught online, unfortunately. Um, and I have a lot of complex feelings about that. Um, in fact, we could perhaps even have an episode about, um, you know, learning and meeting and teaching online. It's just, it's very difficult for me to stay engaged. Uh, so I'm very worried. Also, the way in which they are going to present the information. So classes will be synchronous and asynchronous. So that kind of has me feeling a certain kind of way because, mm. you know, it's, I, I feel like if I were to respond at all positively, um, it would be with live classes, but they said some will be recorded. Mm. Um, and I don't know how I feel about that. I'm going to social work school. Um, there's something to be said for in-person instruction um, and in-person contact with your classmates. The only thing that, that made me stick with it and not defer is that the first year, the classes are more the foundational stuff that you really, you know – like 
like stuff that doesn't require much interaction where the second year of classes are more of the interpersonal skills and like that kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't think I need to be in person to learn about, you know, childhood development or, you know, that kind of stuff. So I've just been preparing my space at home because I think when I was an undergrad, going to college and going to say the library um, really put me in the headspace to do the work. I can't do that. I can't even go to a coffee shop, you know? So finding a room in, in my apartment, which I have, it's the room I'm recording in now and setting it up. So it's conducive to learning and also, so it makes me feel good. I want to look around and be able to feel comfortable in my setting and be able to have what I need at hand. So I've been doing that over the past couple of weeks. And <clears throat> finally, I'm treating myself to a bunch of new stationery um, for school. So we could talk about that some other time. But I have been uh, filling my jet pens shopping cart. So... But yeah, that's that's really what I'm excited about and what's been going on in my world. Uh, Celeste, what what about you? What are you drinking? Well, I just finished a coffee. So Chris and I have started to alternate between trade, which we love a lot, and a company called Bottomless. So Bottomless has a little um, Wi-Fi enabled scale that measures how much coffee is left. And you tell them at what weight you want them to reorder coffee. And initially when we were using bottomless, we used Christie's taste preferences, which is for a much darker roast than I prefer. And I wasn't particularly happy with it. She was, she, she was pretty happy with her choices. Um, and so I retook the taste profile algorithms questionnaire and I'm selecting some of the coffees to kind of fix it. And it's gotten much, much better. So I just, um, got a, bag of coffee from four barrel it's a ethiopian bean it's light roast it's super tasty um so i just finished that um we also have started drinking more seltzer again because you know why not it's quarantine um might as well if the rona is going to get us we might as well drink plenty of seltzer um and so i'm, I'm drinking a aha seltzer or sparkling water they don't call it a seltzer they call it sparkling water and it actually has caffeine in it. it's black cherry and coffee flavored um and it tastes a little medicinal to me i'm not a super fan of that particular flavor but it's fizzy it's a fizzy drink and so i'm drinking that um i've been kind of paying attention to how i've been responding to being on work from home and how things have changed um I think I talked last episode about how I had this first two weeks of super productivity. I was doing, I I blew through all of my backlog of, of paperwork that I needed to do. I then um, blew through my coworkers backlog of paperwork to do. Then I picked up uh, a couple of um, some of my other coworkers paperwork to do. And so just like in the first two weeks, I just got an astronomical amount of stuff done, super productive. And then week three, I just, boom, hit a wall. And it was intense. And I just didn't, I, my productivity and motivation just bottomed out. And then sort of week four, I feel like I stabilized and got a little more even keeled in terms, I was back to like my usual levels of productivity. And now I just feel like I work from home is like a thing. This is, this is just what we're doing now for the time being. It's our new abnormal. It's our new off kilter world. And, um, 
even though this is not the type of work that I really want to be doing, I really prefer running groups and doing the psychoeducation stuff. Um, I think I've adapted relatively well over going into week six. I think I'm doing okay. Um, but anyway, based off of that sort of, um, reaction to work from home, I started reading some books on, on motivation as, um, a way to see if I could take that and add it to some of the groups that I, I will run once I'm back at my regular job. And man, I'm just hate reading some of them. Some of them are so bad. Um, <clears throat> so I'm not going to link any of them because they are terrible. Uh, I just finished season six of Bosch, which if you are not or haven't watched Bosch, there are six seasons out, it's 10 episodes, it's an Amazon Prime. It is so good if you like sort of mystery police procedurals where the detective sort of toes the line between okay and not okay. Um, I just really enjoyed this particular season. It was really good. And they're um, just really enjoying it. And in terms of stationary stuff, I have been grabbing uh, my black wings and uh, sort of stationary things that um, I've been close to finishing and trying to use them up. So I'm like finishing up um, my TWA Blackwing, which is one of the ones that you, you gave me, Dade. Uh, I've got some, you know, legal pads that have just like three or four sheets of paper. I'm writing letters on them and using them. And so that's, that is what I'm, I'm using for stationery. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's kind of where I am in terms of, uh, work from home and quarantining and, and all that fun stuff. So let's talk about some new stuff. Baron Fig has some new things. You got their new book, their new notebook, journal, whatever you want to call it. Yes. Tell us about it. It's called the do D O work journal. Mm -hmm. Um, well, I mean, when I first got the email, um, about, you know, potentially reviewing it. I, I kind of just ignored it at first. I was like, eh, I don't know. And then I went back to it and I was like, you know, this might actually be very timely for me because of the, the way in which I'm experiencing my days, they kind of just all meld into one. It's a very liquid like experience. Everything is just fluid and kind of flowing. So I was like, why not? Let's try a new system. Um, so the, the journal itself, I really like the color, and I, I wonder if it is not a coincidence that it matches their special edition uh, pen. Did you notice that? I, I did not because I did. I kind of glanced at the um, email for due and passed over it because I just – I don't – this is not the time for me to learn a new system. Right, right. Um, um, understandable. Um no, it's it's the exact same type of coloring. So it's like this lighter oceany blue. Mm. Um, and I, I I really really like the art style of all of Baron Fig's stuff. Like I don't yeah. know who does their art, but it's for me it's very clean and simplistic, but yet complex. If that makes sense. It does. Um, it does. So the journal itself, um, you know, it's it's pretty straightforward. Um, they have essentially this new method um and i don't know i i guess joey designed this method or baron fig as a collective i do not know um so it's purportedly supposed to help you stay organized and make your job easier so it has 
um, three types of um, three parts to the system essentially. So it has milestones, goals, and tasks. So basically, you milestones are, are quarterly things that you need to do. Um, mm-hmm. So they're objectives that you want to achieve within like th- a three month period. Um, goals are weekly and tasks are daily. So if you think of it from that, that sense, you know, um, quarterly, weekly and daily, um, initially when I read that, I thought, okay, this is for the person that has a business. This is for a person that, you know, is a project manager. This is not for the quote unquote everyday person necessarily. I mean, it could be, I don't know less about you. Do you have quarterly goals? No, well, no, we have, so where I work is on a semester type setup. So, but it's a 13 week semester instead of a more traditional 16 or 17 week. Um, so not really quarterly in terms of, of how that's set up. Right. So, and then beyond that very simple, it's pretty simple, even though it's not something that I guess, I envision myself using fully. Um, it's simple. It's straightforward. And then I turn the page to the different icons that are in this journal. Um, so obviously you have your objectives, which I just explained. So the the three types of, of um, objectives. But then they have a check mark or an X, and that's whether or not you achieved those things. Um, so... I guess, say you have a quarterly goal of increasing sales by 5%, and then at the end of that quarter you don't do it, you circle the X or something? Like, I don't I don't want to think about it if I didn't achieve it. I just want to restart. Hmm. Um, and then there's a there's very many icons for, for wins, like how to celebrate the success that you have. Um, and so you essentially categorize your wins. So these are the categories. A new idea, a skill, a connection, a raise, or a promotion. Again, very specific. Yeah, it's very work-focused. Yes. I mean, it is called Do Work Journal. Um, Mm. But work is kind of open to interpretation. Um, Just because I don't... like. When I say I'm working, that could mean I'm working in my personal life too. So, um, and then there's progress icons. So there's a, think of the, the little, um, icons for like an old time VCR, like fast forward has like the two arrows. Mm-hmm. So there's ahead of schedule on time, which is just like one triangle and then behind, which is a triangle with a dotted line outline. And then we further um, have more icons about the location, I guess, of where your, you know, your workspace for the day, like where you're working. So that's your office, your home, or it looks like a Wi-Fi symbol, but like remotely, like it's out in the field. And then finally, your satisfaction with the day, the week, and the quarter. So it's simple, good, neutral, bad. And so, you know, the examples they give, again, are very indicative of this is targeted towards the business person. Um, you know, like, 
your quarterly goal is to refresh your brand. And then your weekly objective um, is to um, redesign the homepage. And then you want to resketch your logos. Like that's kind of like the, the example. So when I look at the first page of the journal, um, I, the spread, it's very interesting. So it has, you know, a two page spread for everything. Mm-hmm. And so it has, it's divided into like quarters, weeks, and months. So essentially it has a quarterly spread. It's just two pages of your, your goals for the quarter. Then the next page is a week overview. And then after the week overview, there's a bunch of days and then there's a week overview. So basically it's divided into quarters. Hmm. It, it's complicated. Yeah. But I'm going to think of a way to repurpose this and use it in a way that I find effective. Perhaps I could use it in grad school. Perhaps I can have a giveaway on my Instagram. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I have not written in it yet. Because I don't know what to do with this. Yeah. It sounds like they took a bullet journal and made it hyper specific. Like Because all of those things you just described, I mean, other than the additional icons um, or symbols are things that you might set up in a bullet journal. So you, you know, in a bullet journal, you would set up something for like quarterly goals or yearly goals or, or you would, you know, you would set up particular pages for things like that. Right. Or collections, if you will, using the bullet journal, you know, lingo. Um, But yeah, it just sounds like they made a really hyper specific bizbro bullet journal. Right. And like, there's nothing wrong with that. But also from a business standpoint, now I'm not a businessman. So I maybe yeah. I don't know this, but I feel like it's kind of not a good idea to do that because you kind of alienate an entire <clears throat> customer base. Well, I mean, it depends on what customer base that they're going for, right? Like, is it, you know, after their um, sort of feature in Wired as the best pen ever, is this a smart sort of pivot for them? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel like um, based out of New York City, they're targeting the business person, the working person, which is fine. There's there's no fault in that. Um, I just think that um, it's not something that I can realistically use without modifying it. And I that is when it bleeds into it's too much work for me. Right. Which is why, you know, just pick up a regular confidant and make it a bullet journal on your own. Right. As usual. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Totally. Totally. So, yeah. Um, but let's briefly just talk about the pen. I we, oh, I don't have it yeah. in my hands yet, but I like it. It's me beautiful. Um, the color of it reminds me of a car I had back in the 90s. <laughs> okay. So I'm here for that color. <laughs> what I'm excited to do is I'm excited to get it and then change the twist cap with the pink uh erasables edition like the two colors so it's very like the color did also remind me of this aesthetic that i enjoy which is this you know late 80s early 90s kind of aesthetic the the, the combination of that uh pink pink and blue shade yeah right so um but yeah i i like it i like that they did something different um with 
the pen. And I think that, you know, obviously this was in production and design before the COVID situation, Mm -hmm. but I like that it's bright and it's fun and it makes me feel happy when I look at it. Yeah, same. I really love the little symbols etched into the side. I cannot wait to get my hands on this um, and be able to use it. I didn't notice in the um, email that they sent if it has blue ink or black ink. I kind of hope it has blue, but knowing Baron Fig, it probably has black. Let me see. I can look. I also like that this is the first one that they used all over print for. Yeah. Um, also, also something that we're overlooking is there is a, um, again, with their digital platforming, um, it comes paired with a digital platform that prompts owners to solve the pen's message in a bottle yes. riddle in order to unlock a digital prize. Uh, it doesn't say anything about color of the pen, but... Blue would make sense. Yeah, I have a feeling, though, that it's going to be... God, that's a great color of blue. It's just it's really beautiful. Yeah. I can't wait. I think, I think usually if it has... Um, if it has a different colored ink, they usually mention it in the email. Well, I will definitely... I Mine's shipped already, according to my email, so... I think Hopefully mine has as well. They're coming from Las Vegas because they're not being shipped from New York. Yep. Which is fine. So, all right. So do you want to circle back and get on that main topic of sure, favorite episodes? Sure, absolutely. All right. Um, so um, because you are taking some time off for grad school, uh, we talked and I thought like a great way to kind of send you off for the time being is to kind of rehash and go over some of your favorite episodes. So uh, I'm going to let you take over from here and tell me all about them. Which ones do you like? Why do you like them? All that fun stuff. All right. So and these are not in any particular order whatsoever, um, because to rank them would be silly because I love them all. Um, but. I think um, the thing that sticks out to me, I think that actually the thing that I thought of when I first thought of this topic is the gendering of stationary, that whole time period. Um, it was quite interesting and it was, it was really, you know, our, our episode that where we talked about it was really good. And then I made a blog post about it and then some bros like, freaked out about it and then like commented on that blog post. And then I wrote an open letter um, asking for a response and didn't get one. And here we are. Um, so I like the conversation that that fostered because I think that was one of the first times that we, I mean, we always, I mean, we edited a lot of it out, but we, we rock the boat often when we talk, mm-hmm. but that was the first time that we really kind of just let it out and double down on what we were saying. And the response to it was, was great. I, it made me really feel for the first time that this is what the so much more is. Yeah. Yeah. That, I, I think know. that was a great episode or episodes. 
Right, because it kind of like fled, bled into other things. Um, so yeah, I, and I, I think, I don't know. I think that, that looking at that episode, I believe it was episode 28. Was it, it was a masculine affair. I think so. It's hard. Cause we often talk about gendering of stationary. We do. Yeah. Um, Maybe we should have listened to people that said we should name our podcast episodes what we're talking about. <laughs> That's no fun. Right? Right? It, it, is a, it is a struggle when we go through and we're like, we're trying to link to a specific episode. <laughs> I do try and like write up a blurb. Yeah. Um, sometimes I do forget though. So. so it's episode 17 is where it started. Cucumbers or raspberries? Uh, so um so yeah so that was you know and i'll put links to these episodes um to make it easier uh to just go to them like sure you could search our page but why do that when we can do it for you um so what did you like, how did you feel about that time period? Like when we kind of were you worried that it was going to um, really kind of like be a bad outcome? Like I was I was very slightly hesitant due to the fact that the stationary world um, is not I don't want to it's not it's not male dominated. It's just those are the loudest voices. Yeah, I you know, I didn't really I guess um I wasn't ever really worried about like outcome or flack. I knew that we would end up getting some um only because well, I mean we're uh queers on the internet. Yeah. Um and I really feel like part of what this podcast does is it gives a voice um, to folks who otherwise don't always have a voice in this, in this realm of stationary um, or who aren't heard particularly well in the realm of stationary, if that makes sense. Um, does. And you know, some of these like conversations that we have on the show are also conversations that we have with other people in private message. And I think that's like the, the thing that comes back again and again and again for me is that every time we have an episode like this, women and, and other LGBTQ um, folks reach out to us via private message and um, thank us for these conversations. And so I think that makes me feel a little more brave in in our conversations is that it seems like we're providing a service for folks who aren't always heard. And that's become very important to me. If that makes sense. Um, so I think at that time I wasn't, I, I, I don't think I was as worried about it as probably I should have been um, based off of some of the stuff that I've seen online in the past um, and I've gotten less, even less worried about it as time has gone on because I, I feel like that, that voice that we have is important. What about you? 
Yeah, I agree with you and your observations. I think that um, I, too, get a lot of messages outside of, you know, I don't talk about them because they're private. Um, mm-hmm. I may tell you about them um, if they're not super private. Um, but I've gotten messages of a thank you for talking about that or, you know, like, I'm glad you said something or, you know, stuff like that. So I really think that um, that like you, I I wasn't as concerned um, because I spent years getting shit on the Internet. Yeah. So I'm kind of just like, well, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. But that also was a time period for us that there was a lot going on because right after that is when there was the Kickstarter bag thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where we talked to Joey and then we talked to Brad and, you know, we kind of had this thing. And so I don't know, man, we were like 2017 was a year for us. Um, You know, we kind of and wow, 2017, three years I ago. Know. Um, back back in the day before the <laughs> before the Rona. Right, right. Um, <laughs> so I think that, um, you know. Having that conversation with Joey from Baron Fig, um, a very frank discussion, nonetheless, Mm. and then talking to Brad, too, about his feelings and thoughts about how he responded to the bag thing. I think it was really kind of a a moment for us to that we really kind of brought two sides of something together and did I want to pat ourselves on the back. I think we did a good job and you did a good job when you talked to Brad about everything. Um, because I think oftentimes this, the whole, from what I remember, it was three years ago. So I may not be completely like correct. Um, but a lot of the interaction happened on Twitter. And so, yeah, that's what I remember. Right. And so I think that, um, you know, adding more context to it was something that I was so glad that we were able to do. Um, so, yeah, that was a feel good moment for me. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I'll put a link to that, those two episodes as well. Um, and so I think the next thing that really kind of I guess came to my mind is thinking about our co-host who I miss so dearly uh, Lenore Mm. Um, she added a third voice to this um, that really I couldn't help but smile every time like you know we talked and you know I know she's busy with end of semester madness as a professor it's rough and summer stuff and quarantining with a child it's it's a lot going on but I miss her dearly uh but thinking back to um the times when Lenore really dove deep on stuff that she was passionate about or that yeah. knew like like the graphite episode yep um did we ever do one on chalk Yes. Did she actually get yes, yes. Episode, episode eleven. It was called "Me and My Tool," which reading that <laughs> out of context. Uh, uh, so, um, so yeah. So, I loved when Lenore would just talk all sciency about something and really dive really deep into something. Um, 
And I just thought it was such a cool idea to do the um, the graphite episode because it's something that I mean, she's a chemistry professor, um, and so explaining it from a different standpoint and a more technical standpoint was really cool and unique and interesting and i think it was just a really fun episode yeah 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 absolutely and the chalk thing because who knew that chalk would be such a thing and you know after that episode um i actually went out and ordered a bunch of this chalk for one of my favorite professors because in my undergrad, thankfully uh, they're very resistant to whiteboards. Um, I guess cause it's like an old private institution. They don't want to mess with the beautiful stuff that they got. So I ordered a bunch of it for my religion professor and she was like, Oh my God, the chalk. So <laughs> like professors know <laughs> about the chalk. Um, so it was, it was a great gift and they still, have the chalk available um but i feel like it's not made in japan anymore yeah it's made somewhere else i don't remember um there's been some some significant discussion about it in the rsvp group and i think on erasables and i know that there's a whole other chalk group on facebook oh that's too too deep of a dive for me yeah same um i i i use it a little bit for um drawing but i just i can't i can't go that deep on it well it's it's just such like again it shows how how much thought is put into you know designing a piece of chalk like i loved how the chalk itself kind of had a gloss on it so your hands didn't get chalky yeah like I mean, who who would have thought of that? Um, it's just so perfect. Um, and I, I got to use a couple pieces of it. And man, it's it is it's like the Rolls Royce of chalk. Yeah. Lenora sent me an entire box of yeah. little chalks. Um, Same. And she labeled them. Um, There's a little note in there for me. Um, I still have that. Yes, I still. Yeah, I, ha- I took the whole thing into my office and I well, before I moved offices. So I just moved into a larger, bigger office at my day job, which I only see twice a week now. But <laughs> be, beside the point here, um, I always kept a piece of rough craft paper on the wall and okay. I would here and there draw on it with the chalk. Okay. And it was really lovely for that. Yeah. No, it it's just it's like writing with butter. Yep. Essentially. Um so yeah, I mean there were many other times when Lenore really kind of dove deep on something, but those were the two that really really kind of stood out to yeah, me. Yeah, those. Um cuz they were fun, informative, unique and just overall like if if someone said who is Lenore as a podcaster, those would be the episodes I would point them to. Absolutely, yeah. So yeah, um, and so I guess the next thing that came to my mind, and this is kind of like a, I, I mean, maybe I'll have to really dig deep and, and find some specific episodes, but it's all the times that you've gone off <laughs> <laughs> about marketing and companies <sighs> doing, you know, like just. Like, like choosing aesthetics over performance or why companies made choices or it just, I, I love when you would go down that path. <laughs> um, 
you know, because it just it was always a trip. Oh, um, <laughs> yes. Um, especially if it was directed towards a company that kind of we didn't like already. <laughs> uh, like Bic, the, uh, the, the lady Bic pens. Oh gosh, those are awful. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, I, I can't. Um, so yeah, I, I'm trying to think of more specific, uh, more specific episodes. I'll find them. I mean, that's, that, that's pretty much a feature with me, right? Is ranting about someone's dumb marketing stuff. Right. Yes. I think it shows up like every third episode, statistically speaking. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. If you want to hear me rant about dumb marketing, just listen to every, every other or every third episode. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, like we talked about, um, I think, well, this kind of is a little bit of both. It's something that didn't make the total list, um, but I'm going to add to it. Um, when we talked about Baron Figs, I mean, Baron Fig, Fortean Slip, maybe, <laughs> uh, Blackwing's lack of diversity in their limited editions. Ah, uh, yes. And I made a blog post about it. And we all kind of did, um, you know, with our dream, quote unquote, dream. Yeah. Pens. Uh, and then I got quite the, I mean, I'll put a link to the blog post, mm. um, and see, so you can see the comment section cause it was toxic. Uh, it was, I, I let the comments stay, um, because I think it's important for the internet to see people that, um, as long as it's not too edgy, I, I think silencing opinions is not a good idea because there are, there were very good response responses to being accused of being a social justice warrior, which I'm not even, if you knew me, (laughs) not so much. I mean, in a way, but not really. Right. I'm going to be 40 this year. Not that that matters. You're too old to be an SJW. Right. I'm just, I'm going to be 40. Hopefully we'll be out of quarantine because I want to have a really cool retro birthday party <laughs> with like 90s neon because that's who I am. Um, so, yeah, so that that whole rabbit hole we sunk down into when we we made what honestly like shouldn't be such a loaded statement of saying that, hey, this company, it does these special editions and we've noticed a pattern. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. That shouldn't, it shouldn't aggravate so many people. Like, like who's the snowflake here? (laughs) Like, um, so yeah, um, that definitely was a highlight of my, my podcasting days. Um, and I think more recently, uh, when we had that whole episode on solo role-playing. Yeah. That was um, a lot of fun. It was fun. It was different. It was not something we'd normally or usually do. I mean, it's tangentially related to stationary because you have to use stationary to engage in the activity. But it was really kind of fun, just like I'm sure Lenore felt, um, to dive deep on something that I'm a quote unquote expert about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what there were times when you, Les, kind of took on that role. I think we did something on art journaling once. We did. Um, we also did a 
couple of episodes on some stationary adjacent stuff like apps and things like that. Um, we did some talk about um, various productivity books. Um, so like stuff like that. Yeah. A few things here and there. Yeah. So I like that we each had our own opportunities to kind of like talk about something that we know a lot about. Um, so those were the, the main standouts. I wanted to kind of defer to you to see if, you know, I know these were my favorite episodes, but were there favorite moments or times or, you know, I think, um, like the, the episode that we devoted entirely to the field notes, um, snafu with, oh gosh, what's the Abercrombie and Fitch, yeah. Yeah. um, that episode, which was about gendering, um, which episode was that? I don't even remember. 17. Was that 17? I, I believe, yes. I, I think that was a high point as well. Um, also, there was the episode where we talked about getting things done. Yeah. That was a real high point for me because that, like episode 17, I ended up getting a lot of private messages from a lot of women who had felt dismissed and who had felt undermined by the getting things done movement. And it, it really validated some of my feelings about the books as I read them. And that whole category of business bro productivity and getting things done books. Um, and you know, that was a lot of the messages that I got from, from women was that thank you for validating how I felt about this, or this happened when I went to a getting things done group, or this happened when I saw this speaker. Um, and so those things became a, sort of a driving force, I think, as we, we moved forward within, um, talking more, um, on, on the, on the podcast, you know, we, we kind of explored a lot of that stuff more deeply once we got some, some validation from outside sources, uh, <laughs> for what we were doing. And I think, uh, another high point I think is that you, myself and Lenore all sort of waver back and forth between collecting. Um, so like episode 26, I'm like a dragon with my hoard of treasure. Oh Yeah. Um, where we discuss and, and go in deep on like, am I just hoarding these things or am I actually going to use them and sort of exploring that, that collecting mentality and not using it. And then sort of now we're, I think we're at a point where, yeah, we collect, we own that we collect, but also we're talking deeply about using the good stuff. And I think those are all high points, too, where we get kind of philosophical about the stationery and we can admit that it's not just the tool. It's also the sensory experience of looking at the tool. It's the sensory experience of the feel of the pencil or the pen in our hand. And it's how the pen or pencil feels on the paper that we're using, whether it's, you know, a trash composition book or scrap paper or the back of an envelope or, you know, like a $50 expensive journal or, you know, a Tomoe river paper, you know, it's, it's all of these things where we get philosophical about the use of our tools and how we go back and forth. Now we don't just talk about the gender and the gendering. We talk about, 
these philosophical things all around a pen or a pencil and paper. And I suppose looking at it from the outside, this is really kind of a useless conversation if you think about it. But it's also so deeply meaningful because it leads to other discussions and it leads to people feeling validated. It leads to people feeling good about themselves. And I think that that is as, as we move through the world with our podcast, what do we want to leave behind? Right. You know, do we want to leave behind rants and raves where we leave people feeling bad or do we want to stimulate additional conversation that is, meaningful and helpful for people. Um, and you know, we own it when we misstep as well. Totally. Uh, And and I think that that is the thing that really sticks with me about this, this show and talking with you and talking with Lenore and, you know, in the future talking with Addie is that we want to stimulate conversation and we want to stimulate it in a positive way that is, comfortable and understanding of everyone so that we're not shutting anyone out of the conversation unless they're being a jerk then there's a door right and i've always i have that in my personal life as well um i don't shut somebody down because they don't believe in something that i believe in um it's when they cross the line of hurting others yes Um, and so I don't mind making space for differing opinions. I think it's important to, I mean, if you just surrounded yourself with people that had the same opinion, it'd be quite boring. It'd be quite boring. Um, you know, it, it'd be like just talking to an echo chamber. So I think, you know, um, you're totally on the mark there, Les. Um, and I agree completely. Um, also, just thinking about... What, as you were talking, I was thinking about what we wanted to leave because this will, unless we take it down, this will remain on the internet, you know, long, long into, and you know, it's something I've thought about recently because there was a little webinar, um, for my social work school on online identity Mm. and I've been using my real name, which is fine. Um, I think if a client were to find me and know that I podcast about stationary, um, we could talk about that um, yeah. and, and why they felt the need to look for me. <laughs> and if they, you know, it's fine. Um, but this will be here until we remove it. And even then, once it's on the internet, it's on the internet. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's wanting to do something that is a hobby, um, but also wanting to do something to, to make a, a little ripple in the universe, you know, like, you know, I said earlier and I jokingly said, I'm going to be 40 this year, but I've been really thinking about that. Um, statistically half my life is over. Um, I know it sounds depressing, but like (laughs) it, it, it's prompted me to think about the choices I make and how I create things, how I respond to things. And so I think over the past, what are we on episode 74? Um, yeah, I, over the past, what, three, four years that we've been doing this podcast, um, I don't think there was a single moment that I would take back. Like, I, I think that when you said, you know, we own up to to saying, putting, you know, putting our foot in our mouths, you know, we, you know, I, I'm proud of the stuff that we've done together. Um, 
And I'm glad that it's here. I'm embarrassed about our audio quality. <laughs> yeah, that first first year there, that was pretty rough. I I I besides paying a professional to fix that, um, there's no fixing that. No, no. Um, so so sorry, folks. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I and and I tried to listen to as many episodes as I could over these past two weeks when we started to you know think about this topic. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, I can't listen to them all. I mean, I could have, but I have other things to do. Um, you have plus, a life. I I hate listening to myself. Um, so much. I don't mind talking in public. I actually enjoy being a public speaker. Um, I don't mind holding seminars and teaching people. I just don't like watching it over again. <laughs> so yeah. um, I record and I don't listen besides when I edit. And even then it's not even it's it's my ears are listening for certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think though one thing and I have to put it in the show notes as a link because it's something that I go back to and I wish there was a way, maybe there is a way I can get the audio to pick up. There was an opening to an episode that just makes me smile so much because it's Lenore and it's Lenore being Lenore. Um, I don't know how I could even, I guess, hold on. Did you hear that? Nope. Nothing. Uh. What episode is it? Episode 12. It's the opening to Ice Cream, You Scream. Okay. It's just. So one of the other things that I have really enjoyed as part of this podcast is our various online groups. Um, I do wish that the Discord was more active. Of course, it would be more active if I were on Discord more, but I literally cannot leave it open all day long because of work. So. Um, it's not like Facebook, which is probably equally as invasive to have open on my computer, but I can have that. And I could uh, see now I'm talking myself into, um, uh, <laughs> putting discord on my phone. Uh, <laughs> um, because so that the Facebook group and the discord group and the spectrum and all the other things that we've experimented with, um, I am really, really proud of our Facebook group. And how wonderful the conversations are within that group. It is just so nice to be able to engage in thoughtful discussion, not only with you and Lenore and, and in the future Addie, but also with a whole group of people who are just really thoughtful in their discourse and respectful. And when people get disrespectful, they usually tend to opt out because the whole group is like, whoa, nah, stop it. And I appreciate that so damn much, so damn much. Um, and so I just really appreciate and I'm really proud of how great that Facebook group is and now the Discord group is. It's just so good. I agree. I totally agree. As someone who uses Discord daily, um, mm-hmm. You know, obviously it needs more people to be active, but also it's kind of, it operates like a forum. So like when I use it for my guild in World of Warcraft, like people will post something and like someone will get back to it in like a couple of days to respond or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I, I do hope that, um, it gets livelier, um, because it can be really fun. Yeah, for sure. 
All right. Did you want to wrap it up unless you have any sure. thoughts? Nope, I am good. So I just I do want to take a moment and thank everyone for engaging in the Facebook group and the Discord channel and, you know, everyone who has given us a review and engaged with us either via Twitter or wherever you're engaging with us. I just I really enjoy it. The support is amazing. The Discord or disc not Discord, the discourse. See if I can actually speak. Words are hard all day long when you're at work from home. Um so it's just really nice to get all the support and the positive, affirming, amazing discourse from everyone in our group. It's just wonderful. I love it. I I, I love all of you. Um, and it's just it's just great. Um, so you know, feel free to reach out, join the Facebook group, and all of that fun stuff. Um, you can find the show at rsvpstationarypodcast.com, Discord, Facebook, all of those fun places. You can find me. Less at ComfortableShoesStudio.com, Facebook at Comfortable Shoes Studio, Instagram, Twitter at Original LC Harper. Dade, where can the folks find you? All right. So as usual, you can find me at WeeklyPencil.com, and you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Weekly Pencil. And you can find Lenore at Lenore Hoyt, apparently, on a very, very rare occasion on Twitter and sometimes on Facebook via the Erasable Podcast Facebook group and the RSVP Stationary Podcast group. And so that is a wrap for now. Thanks, Dade. Thank you. All right. I'm going to hit stop. Damn it, Dade. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay.